All right, let's pray. Thank you for thanks, thanks for taking a few minutes out of your busy day uh, to pray. I know sometimes uh, we can get very distracted. And I'll tell you one thing. I was thinking about this. Satan does not like when we do this. He does not find any joy, and he will have that phone ring or that disturbance occur or say you don't have time to do this. But if you put God first, if you put him before everything else, if you just take a few moments and really petition him, invoke his mercy, trust in him, you're going to see great things happen. Of course, uh, you're welcome to join me anytime at 888-914-9149. I know the phone lines fill up pretty quickly here. And today, I just want to invite you to ask for big blessings. You know, how do you do that? How do you get a big blessing? I think you have to pray with belief. You have to exercise trust. That's how you get those answers. You need to open up. And and believe me, the sky is the limit. God hears you. He does. He hears you. And he will respond, especially if it's his will. So I I think it's up to you to better appreciate how much God wants to help you and and even bless you. But I think you limit yourself sometimes. Think about it. How often do you pray like you're confined in a closet, right? And we all do it. You know, oh, cancer's too big. Oh, these finances, I'll never get out. The math doesn't add up. I'll I'll die in debt, right? You know, I I get it. I I do. But we pray in a closet. You know, you're not supposed to. You set limits on yourself. You've got to believe. You know, don't restrain the blessing of God. God can do anything for you. You know, you know that, right? I know. He He can change your fortune and your health and your life in a second. But you need to open up and you need to think big. I, I often say hold out a big cup, right? Because God will fill a small cup just as easily as he'll fill a big cup. And there's no time to limit you know, what you need uh, from, from God. I, I really believe that. A- ask him for his will. Ask him to bless you. And then ask for the impossible. And, and he'll expand that territory, often in a way that's miraculous. I mean, God, God is miraculous, right? He loves to work in, in big time ways. You know, and I know you've got a daily struggle. Uh, there's no use allowing yourself to be oppressed by daily life. Don't don't let don't let those situations dominate you. Don't let them control you. Don't let them rob you of your hope, your joy. Don't let them fill you with anxiety and fear. Today, rise above it. You know, when you have problems, when you feel down, I say to you, pray. Join me now in prayer. Let us pray. All right, we'll pray together. And I know your prayers are going to be heard. You know, if, if that prayer is right, if it's part of God's bigger picture for you, God's going to grant that prayer. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to answer that prayer. You know, don't be afraid to ask, you know, go to John 16, 24, right? Ask beyond what you normally expect because God loves that. He told St. Faustina that so often we limit him, right? We, we don't ask for big enough things because, you know, we just, we, we don't trust him. We don't We don't think God can do that. It causes him sadness. It honors him when we ask big. He loves to bless. He wants to bless you, but you've got to ask. And uh, let's do that. So today I'm going to pray for bigger blessings. I'm going to ask for better and bigger ways of, of serving and living his glory here on earth and forever. I'm going to pray for you and for whatever those intentions are. I do want to pray for this intention. I just was going through the email right before uh, you know the, the broadcast here and and this person said, could you pray uh, for me? Uh, Jenny, thank you for your email. She says, um, uh, there's an elementary school uh, where she lives. And she says, it's now offering an after-school program celebrating Satan. It's called the Satan Club. The parents saw that there was a program uh, for heritage girls that felt 
you know, an alternative should be offered. And of course, parents are outraged by what's going on and, and rightly so. Uh, another person wrote and says, look, I've got COVID and I'm symptomatic. Would you pray that I feel better soon without complications so I can go back to work and help out my co-nurses who are already working short in mostly COVID patients uh, with mostly COVID patients in our units. I hope it's not infecting my family or anyone else. I'm praying for your own intentions as well, Drew. Thank you very much, Ellen. We're going to pray for you and thank you for what you're doing. I, my heart goes out to all medical care workers because, boy, they are they're outgunned right now. We see a lot of staff shortages in a lot of hospitals because of this Omicron variant. We see it in just about every area, from the airline industries to our hospitals. One final intention. A lot of them have come in, and Patrick will share some of them on the air with you today, both from the email and, of course, on our Twitter page, at Drew Mariani Show. Uh, this person writes and says, hey, could you pray for my son who is facing a very serious legal issue? Drew, he's addicted to drugs. Will you please pray that he'll be delivered from both? My heart as a mother is broken, and I really need prayers. And in fact, I need the prayers of the whole relevant radio family. And that's what we're here for, right? We are all in this together, you and me. And we'll pray for each other. We'll hold out that big cup. And I believe God wants our kids free from addiction. I believe the Lord wants your marriage strong. I believe the Lord's got blessings in store. I'm joined by my colleague, uh, Celine. She joins me today. Celine, good to have you back. Good afternoon. Good to be with you, Drew. Anything you want to pray for or lift up as we begin the chaplet? Yes, I would like to pray for a blessing on my marriage, which is in a couple months. There are several specific things I could ask for, but I think an overall blessing would be uh, just right. Such a great prayer. And, you know, Celine, I believe that God hears these prayers. Again, if you have a sacramental marriage, there's a grace with that. And the Lord promised that uh, if this was according to his will, it be granted. And I know he wants holy marriages. He wants healthy marriages. He wants strong marriages. So let's pray for marriage today, too. And We'll take all of your calls. We'll begin as we do every afternoon in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You expired, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. 
Amen. Our first call today comes from uh, Sunnyvale, California. Richard is praying with us there. Hi, Richard. Good afternoon. Hi, Drew. You, can you hear me? I can, sir. Yes. Go right ahead. Hi. Yes, um, I I called in a couple of weeks ago. My sister, Diane, is in the hospital with COVID, and she's been on the ventilator now for the past uh, week and a half. And the doctors are saying that the damage to her lungs is, is too far gone and uh, that she's not going to make it. But we're praying for a miracle, um, especially my uh, my brother-in-law. He's, he's taking it really hard. Yeah. She's only in her, her you know, mid-50s. and oh, no. so She has young grandkids and um, so a couple of children living at home. They're a little older, but you know, still college age. Yeah. Um, we're just praying for a miracle. I, I prayed over um, FaceTime with her this morning um, in the hospital, and you know the, the chaplet. But I, I wanted to get on the air so that yeah. all your listeners could could support this this prayer request. Well, Richard, I'm glad you got through today because uh, our spiritual family here is going to pray, not just for you, but uh, for your sister and for it's your brother-in-law and just. I just my, my heart goes out to you, but I'll tell you what, I, I believe in miracles and I don't have time because we're going to pray now, but when it's over, I, I want to share a couple stories um, th- that I'm aware of that, that just, they, they testify to the fact that God can restore lungs. He can restore limbs. He can restore eyes. And we do limit ourselves. Except sometimes we pray in that closet. We get in that box. We don't, we don't trust big enough. And I don't know what God's will is. We always submit ourselves to his holy will. But I'm going to pray for that miracle today. Let's really pray for just an absolutely mind-boggling, total recovery. The doctors won't have an explanation for it. And, and Father Sarah from Michelinco, I call upon your intercession. I'm a great vice postulator for the cause of St. Faustina. Intercede for us along with St. Faustina. And I pray for those situations where the diagnosis is grim, where the doctors say there's nothing more that they can do, where it does not look good. And Heavenly Father, today, for your greater glory, I just beg your mercy, come into those situations and transform them. And we pray, Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, our next call comes from Illinois. AJ is praying there. Hi, AJ. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you so much. I I would like to pray for the soul of my nephew. Um, His his father got diagnosed with COVID yesterday, so he stayed with his grandmother. When she went to wake him up this morning, he was dead. And she had that shock. Yes, he's 20 years old, and, and I, I can't believe it. They had no, no symptoms or signs of what, what caused it, but uh, the family's reeling right now, so I'd like to pray for his soul and, and for the, the whole family right now. I'm sorry. I really am, and we're here for you. 
What we can do is pray. And we'll pray for his soul. I mean, God gives us all so many seconds. We don't know the day or the hour he's going to call us home. And boy, we don't. We just take life for granted. But I thank you for the gift of this young man's life. And I thank you for the prayer of the chaplain because I know you have promised that you will define, you will defend as your own glory. For the dying, that pardon is the same. And I just pray for this man, Lord, in his final hours that you met him as a merciful Savior, that you embraced him, you brought him into your loving care. I pray for the family that mourns. I pray for all those who are suffering tragedy and accident, those who have lost loved ones by suicide, by accident, uh, just just because their time has come. You know, every day, 6,000, every hour, really, it's, it's 6,316 souls die every hour. That's a, it's 105 souls a minute that God calls home. 105 souls this minute. How many during during this chaplet? 3,000 souls are going to be called home? So it's offered for those that God is calling home. We'll pray especially for the hour of our own death and those that we love because God is outside of time, those who have gone before us. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Anne is praying in California. Anne, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Drew. Um, Please pray for my my 21-year-old son. He has autism and ADHD and anxiety disorders, and he's manic right now. He is very confused. He has a 31-year-old man that has convinced him to move in with him. And we just want him to come home so we can help him with the new medications and all the things that we just figured out yesterday with the psychiatrist. And he didn't come home last night. And I am just beside myself and I can't find my joy. Oh, Anne, I'm so sorry. And it's not him at all. This is not... He He's such a godly kid. He knows the Lord so well. And I, I don't understand. He's being brainwashed. Well, let's do this. Let's pray him home. All right? Let's do that for your son. Uh, prayer is the best weapon we have. As you know, it's the key to the heart of God. And, and Padre Pio said that the most... Beautiful creed is the one we announce in this hour of darkness. And as a mother, my you know, as a parent, my heart goes out to you. I can't imagine the pain and the concern that you have. You're on the right track. You've got the right treatment, the right medication. Let's just pray. Let's let's pray right now. You know, the Lord told Saint Faustina. He says, you know, tell you know, for the benefit of the stressed souls. He says, when the soul realizes the situation that it's fa- it faces, the misery, she says, just immerse yourself in that ocean of my mercy. 
You know, trust, throw yourself into my arms of mercy as a child into the arms of its beloved mothers. He says, I give those souls the right of priority to my compassionate heart. You have first access to his mercy. So Lord, I give you Anne, this mother whose heart is so heavy. I give you her son. I give you all parents right now who are having these issues with their children. And I just ask that, again, you bring this boy home. You set him on a path to healing. And I re-echo that for everyone who's praying with me right now. For all those intentions that they have for their own children, I ask in your mercy you hear, and today you answer them. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Patrick is my uh, producer today, and he's been monitoring many of the intentions that have come in. I know many have been sent to us via our email, Drew at RelevantRadio.com. You can also post them on Twitter, and Patrick will share them on the air. The Twitter handle is at Drew Mariani Show. And I hope you'll follow us there and... We'd love to pray for you. Patrick, what's coming in? Yes, Drew, here are some of the prayers that came into your Twitter account today. Uh, Christina is praying for continued healing from her COVID. Um, ca- uh, Twitter account Catholic Aggies praying for their daughter to have a healthy labor and delivery of, their baby, of her baby girl. Ian is praying for a priest who's granted a leave of absence to discern his vocation. Wow. Fabiana is praying to be able to transfer in her job to live closer to home. And Rochelle is praying for her cousin, who is in the last stages of terminal cancer. Well, let's lift all those prayers, and we'll add Adam to the intention as well. He is in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hi, Adam. Good afternoon. Hey, Drew. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I called about a month or so ago. Um, my girlfriend's grandma. Um, she was doing a little better, and she took a turn for the worst, and she's not doing very well. So the only thing that's really keeping her alive right now is um, the, ox- the oxygen mask that she's wearing. Um, my uh, my girlfriend's great grandpa, or my girlfriend's grandpa, was gonna take it off last night after everyone said their goodbyes, but um, he couldn't put himself to it. Oh, so um, wow. they're gonna do it like right now as we're praying. So oh, um, I just want to pray for you know God to receive her into heaven. So well, Adam, I'm thanks so- for everything you do. God bless you. I'm so glad you got through. I mean, what what a privilege it is for you, for me, for all those now united with us in prayer to pray for her soul as she's about to meet meet Christ. And I have complete confidence that the Lord's going to meet her as a merciful Savior because this this is the prayer for the sick and the dying. Faustina would bilocate and should be at the bedsides of the dying many times. In that final hour, Satan always tries to rob people of their hope, fill them with anxiety and fear and get their soul one last time. This prayer, she says, whoever recites it will have great mercy at the hour of death. That's the promise. Diary entry 687, great mercy at the hour of death. 
And when you pray this for the dying, God promised, Jesus said, I'll stand between God the Father, you know, and, and, and the dying person, not as a just judge, but as a merciful Savior. So I know that the Lord is going to be there with her in this hour. And Lord, for that 105 people that will die in this moment, for that 6,000 that will die in this half hour, in this hour, I just ask that you meet them as a merciful Savior. You hear the prayers of your faithful here. And Lord, you honor this great promise of the chaplet. I pray for those that they leave behind, especially for those who mourn. And we pray, Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Kathy in Whittier, California, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, I was married for 29 years. My husband left me 20 years ago, and I seem to be in a very deep depression, kind of re reliving everything. And wow. I'm not able to forgive myself for mistakes that I made in my marriage. I wanted to say that we went to counseling, but he he had someone else. He was not interested in in saving yeah. the marriage and honoring the vows that we took together. I'm sorry. Um, look, the hardest person ultimately to to forgive is ourselves. You know, we keep going over and over and over again in our head the mistakes that we've made, and you've got to give yourself a break too, Kathy. All right, that's what the Lord yes. would want. And I know you've been to confession, and if you need to talk to a professional to help you walk through this, I would suggest that. But I want to pray for you now, okay? I want to, I want to lift you up um, and, and just ask God to go back and heal those memories, heal those wounds, give you the grace to be able to accept his mercy and accept forgiveness. You know, the Lord, he said to, to Faustina, he said, most dear to him is the soul that strongly believes in his goodness has, and has complete trust in him. He says, he says I, I will heap my confidence upon it. I, I will give it all that it asks. And, and I, I believe the Lord will answer this prayer of yours. I, I do. And I just want to pray for the healing you need. I pray for anyone who's suffering right now, emotional and psychological wounds, anyone who suffered problems in their marriage, anywhere there is infidelity or impurity, Lord. I want to pray for those contemplating taking their own life and the life of their child. I want to pray for those battling addiction, those living impure lives. But I pray for those who do not believe in you, those who've rejected you. And I do pray for those who've gone before us. And I give you the hearts and the needs, the wants, the desires, the prayers, the cries of all of your children now. We place our trust in you as we pray, eternal Father. We offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. 
Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, please look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us so that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Our Lady Queen of Heaven. Pray for us. Our Lady of Good Help. Pray for us. Mother of Mercy. Pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful. Pray for us. Saint Joseph. Pray for us. Saint Faustina. Pray for us. Saint John Paul II. Pray for us. Saint Peregrine. Pray for us. Saint Jose Maria Escriva. Pray for us. Saint Patrick. Pray for us. Blessed Michael Sopochko. Pray for us. Father Seraphim Michalenko. Pray for us. Father Ubald. Pray for us. And all you angels and saints. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. When I return, I, I want to address a caller that had called in a little bit earlier with a lung issue, and it was Richard, uh, whose lungs have been damaged by COVID. Um, I, I believe in miracles. I want to share with you a couple. I think they'll inspire you. Um, sometimes they're hard to believe, but I'll share that when I return. Your Virtual Parish, The Drew Mariani Show, on Relevant Radio. This programming is brought to you by St. Gregory Recovery Center in Iowa. More information about their faith-centered addiction treatment is available at relevantradio.com slash stgregory. Stand up with us and be unashamed of the truth. You are never alone. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, you know, you're not alone. I'm always here for you, and um, so is our spiritual family. I take a lot of comfort, you know, knowing that, um, you know, we get to pray together. And when I'm down and out and I need prayer, I ask you, and I know I get it, and I feel it, and I see the tangible results of it. And when you're in a tough time, um, sometimes it's hard to pray. I get it. I've been there. Uh, and sometimes you just need the prayers of others. And that's what's so beautiful about this, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't know. I just, we're a family. We might be separated geographically. We may not even ever, we may never meet each other face to face. But I think we're united in such an intimate bond of prayer. And I, I think that moves the heart of God. And one day we'll all be perfectly reunited. We'll know each other intimately. And 
that's going to be a glorious, a glorious day. Uh, you know, I, I was moved by the call that we had of uh, the woman whose lungs have been affected by, by COVID. She's on a ventilator. And doctors say it doesn't look good. And I, I see these stories. And, you know, from a rational perspective, from a temporal view, from the natural, yeah, it doesn't look good. You know, the physiology is physiology. The laws of science are the laws of science. I get it. Uh, but we walk with Christ, right? We're sons and daughters of God. God's our father. He's intimately connected to us. He loves us immeasurably. And miracles happen every day. They happen every day. You know, there have been a lot of uh, healings that have been investigated by the church for the canonization of saints that have involved just the instantaneous regeneration of organs, right? <laughs> so uh, why not a lung, right? Why, why can't this lung through our prayer begin to regenerate, to find healing? We've seen regeneration of eyes. We've seen regeneration of skin. We've seen regeneration of limbs. These things defy the laws of nature, right? They make no sense. I was in a, uh, I was, uh, I was in a place called uh, Saragossa. It's uh, Spain. It's where St. James was evangelizing the Iberian Peninsula. And he was having a lot of trouble um, bringing about converts in the very early part of the, uh, of the church. And he was about to give up. This was 70 AD. And the Virgin Mary actually appeared to him. And uh, she appeared on this giant pillar and encouraged him to continue to, to, with his mission that the people would accept the faith and that Spain would hold the faith. And uh, true to the, the prophecy he did, uh, years go by, people began to have great devotion to this particular apparition that took place in the early days of the church. Whether it was an apparition or a bilocation of the mother of God, that's a whole other issue. I'm not quite sure what it was because the Virgin Mary may have been alive at that time and bilocated, right? But uh, bottom line is, uh, people would come to Saragossa and they would pray. Uh, I've prayed before this, this, this pillar and this image of Our Lady many times. Uh, it was there that a great miracle took place. And, and this was hundreds of years ago. A young guy lost his leg in a farming accident. He had to have it, have it amputated, right? He lost it completely. And a uh, year, two years go by, he makes his way to this particular shrine and he prays to Our Lady for a healing. Uh, he was, the, the leg miraculously regenerated. I'm giving you the thumbnail of the story. I'm not going into all the details. It, it miraculously regenerated. The townspeople, the family, everybody knew this guy did not have a leg. It had been sawed off. It had been taken off. It had been amputated, right? It had been buried in the local cemetery. That leg miraculously regenerated. It sounds fantastical, right? It's not. Okay, you think, oh, well, that was a long time ago. Well, there was another story. I mean, Padre Pio, of course, I've shared many times how he would appear at the bedside of a, a man who was involved in a dynamite accident who had his eye blown out, prayed over this man, and the eye miraculously regenerated. There was another story of a, of a, of a, oh, a Peruvian, uh, Elvira uh, Moriano of, of Lima, um, and uh this, this woman was actually, she was working and she dropped some sort of earthenware dish, right? And when she dropped it, the shards, the, the, the plate shattered and shards of, of the pot went right into her eye, struck her eye. They, they hit her with such force, it actually pierced the woman's cornea. And I don't mean to be too gross here for you, 
but all the fluids of the eye emptied out. And the eye became completely flaccid. I mean, how gross, right? She was overcome by pain. She began to scream, cry out loudly. And neighbors ran in. They, they came. A surgeon was called. And when Elvira asked the surgeon if her eye would, would ever be restored, he replied, look, I, nothing I can do. Only God can restore the, the organ of a body. Well, news of the accident quickly spread throughout the city, and it reached the monastery where one of my favorite saints uh, lived. St. Martin de Porres was a man of profound holiness who had unbelievable gifts. And this guy is a powerhouse saint. If you don't know about him, do a little research into him. He's, he's extraordinary, right? And he had once lived uh, where uh, Elvira's son was a Dominican novice. So the, the, the prior sent a relic at the time of St. Martin. Martin had died, of course, to Elvira. And when the relic was held to her eye, now remember, it was emptied of all fluid. It was flaccid. The eye was gone. The pain that she had from that shard in the eye was completely alleviated. She fell into what they described as a, as a deep sleep that night. And the next morning when she awoke, her eye had regenerated. It had come back to normal. She was able to once again see perfectly. This healing was, look, it wasn't just to her. It was witnessed by, by many, many people. It was actually confirmed by her doctor in a swarm deposition. And it eventually, it was one of the miracles used for the beatification of that future St. Martin de Porres. So, I mean, we hear these stories all the time. I, and when people call in, you know, the lungs are, are gone or you know, the leg needs to be amputated. I, I just want to say to you, and, and I don't think we hear this enough, that nothing's impossible with God. I, we don't, I don't know God's will. I submit myself to it. If he wants me to carry a cross, then glory be to God. Right? But if I'm asked to exercise my faith and for his greater glory, for some greater cause, He's going to bring about a miraculous cure or healing. Praise be God, right? You know, Mother uh, Cabrini, uh, uh, one of the great, you know, great saints that, that we have here in this country. In 1880, she founded the uh, Institute of Missionary Sisters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. It's an order that was, oh, that, I don't know, ran a number of hospitals here in the States. And in one of the hospitals, a nurse dropped a, um, a 50% silver nitrate solution onto the eyes of a newborn child named Peter. And the correct dosage should have been 1%. And the result, of course, as you can imagine, disastrous, right? This child's face was burned. And, and, and eyewitnesses, they recorded all this. They said it became like charred wood. The hollows of his eyes were completely filled with grotesque swellings, the face charred. And of course, doctors, medical professionals, they couldn't do anything for the child who was now completely blind and, and disfigured. I mean, what a horrible tragedy to an innocent human being, right? So in response to this, the nuns of Mother Cabrini, they prayed and they prayed and they prayed all night to their foundress and they begged her to intercede before the throne of God. They begged her for a miracle for this child. Science said it's too late. The eyes are gone. The Skin is charred. There's nothing that this child can do. They're going to have to live with this. They didn't give up. They didn't cease to have faith. They invoked the intercession of the saints and the mercy of God. And the following morning, they found little baby Peter had two perfect eyes. His eyes were completely restored and his skin, it healed without scarring. 
like Martin DePores. That miracle was used for the canonization of Mother Caprini. And guess what? Little baby Peter grew up. He attended the ceremony. And that young boy today, well, that young boy eventually became a priest. That's how God can work. It's all for his greater glory, right? We live in an age of science. We live in an age of relativism. We live in, a, in an age where we don't believe. We've really lost a, a great reality that God is our creator. He is our father. He's an intimate part of our life. Right? He loves us immeasurably. Just as you love your spouse or your child or one of your family members, right? How much more does God love us? Why do you limit God when you pray? Why do you put yourself in that closet or in that box? Why? Why don't you pray big? Why don't you really believe that God can do this? And if he doesn't for some reason, know that a greater good's going to come out of it and you're going to realize it. You're going to see it. I'll tell you what, I'll share one final story. Just one final story for you. Uh, my producer Maggie, who's who's uh, you know she's out today. She um, she gave me a documentary on Sister Josephine Paquita. Uh, Sister Paquita died in 1947, and Saint John Paul II loved her. He gave great impetus uh, to her, the canonization process of, of Sister Paquita um, when he, he actually went to the Sudan on one of his papal journeys. Uh, and the miracle used for her beatification, she was beatified recently, 1992. It involved the healing of a nun from her own congregation. And the nun suffered from a complete disastrous uh, knee problem. She had this degeneration of, of her knees. Maybe you have knee problems. Maybe you're suffering from arthritis. She had arthritic uh, uh, synovitis, I believe. And for about nine years, she suffered horribly. I mean, it didn't end. I'm sure she prayed. But for nine years, almost a decade, she was in agony. She was bedridden. And in 1948, while she was waiting for surgery, she prayed a nine-day novena to Sister Paquita. And the night before her operation, she woke up and she heard a voice. And the voice said to her, get up and walk. She looked around. Nobody's there. The nun obeyed got out of bed, started walking around normally, something she had not done in a decade. So doctors had no explanations. They couldn't understand it. So what they did is they performed an x-ray and the disease that had plagued her body was totally gone. That operation that she needed, no longer necessary. The miracle for Bakita's canonization in 2000 involved the instantaneous cure of a highly visible condition. Uh, Eva da Costa from Brazil was afflicted with diabetic ulcers in her legs. And after praying fervently to Sister Paquita, those ulcers, those pains, it disappeared instantly. The cure was investigated. It was confirmed to be naturally inexplicable by medical experts. And that's how God works. All right. So when I hear these calls come in during the chaplet of the lungs failing, I don't know what God's will is. I pray for his holy will to be done. But let's not limit God. Let's pray with trust. Let's pray with hope. Let's pray with faith. Let's pray with belief. Let's know that with God, all things are possible. Stay with me. I'll be right back. All the news and issues of the day. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Today's programming is brought to you by St. Gregory Recovery Center in Iowa. More information about their faith-centered addiction treatment is available at relevantradio.com slash ST Gregory. 
Uh, so President Biden, you'll see this in his statement, uh, will be calling on and will continue to call on businesses to immediately join those, those who have already stepped up, including one-third of Fortune 100 companies, uh, to institute vaccination requirements to protect their workers, customers, and communities. We have to keep working together uh, in order uh, to uh, get this done to save more lives. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, that was uh, Jen Psaki, president's uh, spokesperson there, offering reaction to the Supreme Court's decision. Good afternoon and welcome. I'm Drew Mariani. It's good to be back with you today. Big news today coming out of the Supreme Court. They ruled on two separate requests for preliminary injunctions on those vaccine mandates. Uh, something we've been waiting to see uh, how they would rule. And we do have news. Uh, early this morning, I thought we would have some word. They didn't rule. I thought, ah. I'll have to wait till tomorrow, but news came a little bit later in the day. Uh, the first one was for the mandate from the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, and that, that all members with more than 100 employees, you know this, right? We've talked about this before. You have to have, you know, be vaccinated if this vaccine mandate or, you know, require testing or masking for those who are unvaccinated. That injunction was granted by the court in a 6-3 ruling. The three uh, who dissented were, as you probably can imagine, uh, Justices uh, Sotomayor, Kagan, and Breyer. Uh, the other uh, ruling, the other one was brought by a number of uh, states against health and human services, uh, the you know, health and human services department mandate that all workers in healthcare facilities in the country receiving Medicare or Medicaid funds, which is just about every single one, right? That you had to be vaccinated uh, unless you had a medical or religious exemption. On that one though, uh, the vote was a lot closer. It was 5-4. Uh, against placing the injunction. And the two justices who switched sides were actually Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Brett Kavanaugh. So how does this all shake out? What's it mean for you? Jim Burling, Vice President of Legal Affairs for Pacific Legal Foundation, joins us now. You can check them out too. Great organization, pacificlegal.org is their website for more info. Jim, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Drew. I'm grateful for your time. This vote was just on injunctions, right, and not on the actual cases. So uh, explain this to us. How long does the injunction on large employers Hello? last? Yeah, Jim, Jim, can you hear me? Hey, Jim. Hey, Patrick, can you, can you check on Jim for me, make sure he's connected to us here? You may be experiencing a little bit of t uh, technical difficulty. If you want to join us, the number here is 888 914-9149. You can get in on the conversation as well. I'm speaking with Jim Burling, Vice President of Legal Affairs for the Pacific uh, Legal Foundation. And as I said, big rule today, the Supreme Court blocked a uh, vaccine mandate for private companies, but allowed one for healthcare workers. And Jim, thank you again for your time. I know we had a little issue there, but um, how long does the injunction for the large employers last? And maybe break this down for us. Um, what was the ruling and, and how did this all shake out? So with respect to the workplace safety mandate, the Sixth Circuit had previously overturned a prior injunction that the Fifth Circuit had put in place. And so what happened today was the Supreme Court said the Eighth Circuit injunction is no longer in place. In other words, that the vaccine mandate is no longer effective until this case goes back down to decide on the merits. The court to issue today's injunction had to rule that it is likely that the opponents of the vaccine mandate will prevail and that they will 
demonstrate that there is no congressional authority for the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, to do what it did. And yeah. because they are likely to be able to prove that there's no congressional authority, the court said we're not going to allow this mandate to stay in effect until this goes back down to the uh, Court of Appeals and perhaps to a trial court at some point in time. So it's going to be a while until the OSHA, OSHA is going to be able to put a mandate like this in place. You're going to have to go through some lengthy legal proceedings to make it happen. And, and quite frankly, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, yeah I imagine a large number of employers are happy now that they're not going to have to deal with this mandate. Uh, court basically said that OSHA didn't have the authority to do this. And, you know, it's it's clear from what Congress mandated in, in, in the law creating the agency. But just I'm curious, why, why did the administration think that OSHA could actually impose this? What was the mindset behind that? I think the mindset was that, you know, we have a problem and we have to do something about it. Let's find out a way of doing it. And I think they had to stretch the law pretty hard to find that OSHA had the authority to do this. But I think the administration thought it was in a bind. It felt that it had to act uh, for political or health reasons, you name it. And lacking clear statutory authority, they kind of had to made it up and hope that the courts would allow them to slide because the vaccine mandate was so important. And indeed, they did have court of appeal justice judges along the way and three Supreme Court justices to go along with them. Uh, right. But but quite frankly, they were stretching this. They, they knew they were stretching this. Uh, President Biden earlier in the year said, no, we can't do this. And then he decided we could. So uh, I, I think even the administration recognizes it was something of a stretch. Yeah. So, you know, is there a difference between OSHA imposing this mandate and the HHS imposing a similar mandate? What's the difference? The difference was that HHS in the mandate for healthcare workers, which affects about 10 million workers in the United States, it at least had some language in some of the authorizing statutes that talked about protecting health and safety. Uh, and one of there are 15 different statutes that get into very specific detail about mm -hmm. what the agency can regulate and what a hospital is, what a clinic is, and that kind of thing. And and one of them had mentioned uh, sanitary conditions for preventing infection and stopping infectious yeah. diseases. So there was kind of some looser language to respect the health and safety. Now, it wasn't the regulation that overall gave HHS authority to dole out money to the states for Medicare and Medicaid, but there's a, these 15 of these other statutes kicking around that were identified giving some authority. And, and the dissent was not very happy about that in the HHS right. case. The dissent was saying it wasn't enough authority, but there was certainly some language there that did not exist in any way for the larger OSHA mandate that affected 80 million workers. Yeah, 84 million is a lot of people. Hey, um, Justice Kavanaugh, uh, yeah, I can see Roberts joining the liberal side of this, but uh, did Kavanaugh write anything about his reasoning, why he, he ruled the way he ruled? No, Kavanaugh didn't write anything. You would have to go to some of the oral argument and some of his statements at oral argument where he did seem to be uh, genuinely impressed by the argument that this health and safety uh, requirements that, you know, if you're going to have to have a hospital, you have to have health and safety 
regulations to get Medicare funds. Uh, he seemed to be impressed by that as giving perhaps adequate authority. Uh, Kavanaugh didn't really surprise me based on what he said at oral mm-hmm. argument. And overall, as, as far as the conservative justices go, he and Roberts uh, oftentimes are a, a little closer to the middle than the others yeah. would be. Yeah. So, so f- final thoughts here. I mean, where do we go from here? What do you see happening next? I see an attempt that is not going to work in Congress to have Congress impose a health and safety mandate. We know that the Republicans aren't going to go along with it uh, to, to impose a vaccine mandate, I mean. And so there could be showboating in uh, the House and showboating in the Senate in order to prove that we're doing something, but it's not going to go anywhere. These issues are going to go back to court now. Both of them are going to go to the lower courts to look more thoroughly as to whether or not there is authority from Congress to the agencies to impose these vaccine mandates. And I think with respect to OSHA, uh, once the courts get done with it, uh, the answer is going to be no. And with respect to the health, uh, health and human services, I think the answer is going to be, well, maybe, but you probably should have had some more administrative rulemaking, public notice and comment period, the sort of things that you have to do before you normally impose regulations. Uh, That may get further play. Uh, So for the time being, there is not going to be vaccine mandates from the federal level for all but the healthcare workers. And at the state levels, the states will, uh, those who think that their gap should be filled in now will probably try to do their best to do it. And we will see how that plays out. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for your time. And I know you're writing a lot about this. People can get more information, I'm assuming, at the website, pacificlegal.org? That is correct. All right, well, we'll check that out. And I'm grateful for you making time for us today. Thank you. We'll catch up again soon, okay? All right. Bye-bye. You got it. Jim Burling, Vice President of Legal Affairs for the Pacific Legal Foundation. Again, their website, pacificlegal.org, and you can check it out there. Uh, Big news, as I said, the Supreme Court blocked a vaccine mandate for private companies but allowed one for healthcare workers. The court ruled that uh, OSHA was uh, empowered to set workplace safety standards but not broad public health measures. So there you have it. We were wondering how this was all going to shake out. I just thought I'd bring you up to speed. That news breaking today and uh, as pointed out, 84 million Americans are affected by that. So uh, could certainly uh, affect you. Stay with me. When we come back, uh, we have some fascinating conversation to get into. And again, I, I'm always very careful. I don't want to be a conspiracist, uh, but I, I, I do want to entertain uh, something that, I, well, I, I read an article in The Federalist. It really piqued my interest. And it dealt with these vaccines and whether or not vaccine passports and mandatory vaccines could throw open the doors to a social credit scoring system here in the U.S. You may not know what that means. I'll break it all down for you. China has already put this into place. It's uh, not a uh, pleasant specter. Stay with me. 